And now it's time on Flame CCR to take a look behind the studio's green door to find out who is in today's chat room. Midnight, one more night without sleeping. Watching till the morning comes creeping. Green door, what's that secret you're keeping? And now, are you listening? You're listening to Flame Radio on 1521 Medium Wave and online. My name is John Cheek and today we find ourselves at Gladstone's Cafe and Christian Bookshop in Slater Street in the centre of Liverpool. And with me, our special guest today is the musician and worship leader, Pete Caulfield. As we gather in this holy place and see Jesus on his throne. Let's get straight on to it. Pete, where did your life and your journey start for you? Well, my life started in Liverpool in 1964. You can work out my age from that. And I lived in Garston for quite a long time. Then we moved to Mossley Hill. I studied physics at Liverpool in my late teens and early 20s. John Moores, yeah. I should have said that. I used to be called Liverpool Polytechnic in those days. Because I got married. But no, at the age of 18, I was introduced to Long Lane Church and I went along to Long Lane with my friend and that's where I found the person of Jesus for the first time in my life. You know, I didn't understand things like what different denominations meant and I didn't even understand what it meant to be a Christian. I just knew that whatever he was introducing me to, I liked it and it meant something to me in my teen years. Peter, just very quickly, at the time, what sort of person were you? You mentioned studying physics at university in Liverpool. And what was it that suddenly attracted you to the person of Jesus? I think in my teens, I was actually confused. And I didn't know which way I wanted to go. I was stuck. First time round, I failed all my exams, my O-levels. So I didn't do very well. And I had to reset the year. But discovered that passion that I could do well at physics and I was good at maths and redid them and then went to study them at degree level after that. And then from there, that was all around the time I was discovering Jesus in my life. So I think God actually helped me improve things in my studies as well and helped support me through that. I made friendships while I was in those years of school. One of my close friends, a guy called Dave Pendleton, is one of the leaders of my church now. And he was a Christian too. And uh, some of those people are still my friends now all these years later and that's fantastic I think God gives us the gift of friends doesn't he he brings friends into our lives for a reason for a purpose and they're there through all the times and seasons 
What kind of person was I? A confused person, someone who needed direction. And being introduced to to Jesus and the church certainly gave me direction. It was in the context of all of that and finding God that I met my wife as well, Tracy. And she was also finding Jesus at the same time. And we met each other. She didn't like me at first, but God sorted out. And we've been married now for nearly 33 years. It was amazing. Okay, if I can just press the rewind button again <laughs> and go back over Cupid's work. How did it first come about that you were invited along to church, that you heard about Jesus Yeah, I had a friend who was in school with me, a guy called Andrew Fraser, who lives on the Wirral now, actually. I haven't had contact with him for a long time, but he was a really, really good friend, and he took me along to the church, and it was through going there that I first heard about having a personal relationship with God, and I didn't have any concept of what that was. I remember reading a book called Journey Into Life by Norman Warren that was given to me, and I was at home in my mum and dad's house at the time in Mossley Hill, and I remember reading that and suddenly feeling that I had to do something different, and suddenly feeling that I had to make a move and invite Jesus personally into my heart, and that is what I did sitting in bed at half ten at night. I didn't have a blinding flash, I wasn't struck by lightning or anything, or anything like that. Some people have amazing conventions, mine was just pray to Jesus, and I knew from then on it was going to be different. There was times where it wasn't easy, but I knew that Jesus was in my life. I started discovering things of God and his work and his Holy Spirit. I didn't understand things about the work of the Holy Spirit, but I just knew he was working in my life. And the person of Jesus was changing me. And the insecurities and the mixed-upness and confusion, that's a word, and confusion I was having was being dealt with. And I was starting to get direction. I knew the way I wanted to go. And that was my Christian journey beginning. I remember some people saying to me once, oh, it'll all wear off, Pete. And 33 years later, it hasn't worn off. And that's due to the faithfulness of God, you know, and who he's been for me in my whole life. And Peter, just as you say that, uh, just as you talk about an encounter with the risen Jesus out of a state of real confusion, what would you say to anybody listening to this who feels confused about life, confused about who they are, what they are, where they're going in life? I would recommend just praying a simple prayer and take a chance with this. Take a chance and say to God, Lord, I'm confused and I don't know what to do. And speak that to God himself. Because God's got a way of coming and meeting you, even when you don't understand about how to be a Christian or how to follow him. God's got a way drawing you to himself. And he will find you. He will find you. God seeks each one of us. And he will find us and bring him right to the place of finding him relationship. What's where he wants us to be? God designed us to be in relationship and trust him. And he has the ability, he has the amazing capacity to start to unravel. Try and find people who are God's people you can get with. Find a church that you can go to where you can get to know God's people. It's hard to be a Christian when you're by yourself, although it's not impossible because sometimes we need to. But it's really helpful to find the people around you who also know God, who can help you along and be your friends. I think friendship in this journey is so, so important. It's so important. It's important for our protection. It's important for our encouragement. It's important to have those around us. Sometimes we'll be encouraging them. Sometimes we'll be speaking things to them. And sometimes they'll carry us, you know, through things. But friendship is important. Find those people you can put around you and do that. But cry out to God and say to him, Lord, I'm confused. I need your help now. 
I need you to come and do something new in my life. Trust him in this, because I tell you now from my own experience, he will do. He is faithful and he will do it. Yes, I, I think it was the writer C.S. Lewis who described this whole process as being like the great romance. Or I think back to my poor old mum who used to say, the girl always chases the boy until he catches her. And like C.S. Lewis saying, God does all the wooing to us until we find him.
Pete, you're a new Christian, you'd embarked upon this spiritual journey, this journey with God, and you're attending a church in Garston in South Liverpool. Can you tell us a little bit more about what church life was like for you back then in them early days of faith? Yes, Long Lane in those days had originated from being a Brethren church, so its style of worship, very, very centred on the Word of God and the teaching of the Word, which is all good stuff, fantastic. New styles of worship, we, we sung a lot of traditional hymns. New styles of worship were very new in those days and were just coming into the church and we were discovering things like use of guitars and drums and bass kit and so on. So it was going through a time of change. But there were a lot of lovely people, people I'm still friends with now. You know, in my second back time back at Long Lane Church. The lovely people around who encouraged us, who helped us, supported us. And, you know, I pay tribute to all those people who were our friends. It was a place where I felt people listened and I was protected. We were there for nine years and we moved. And we did a little church plant over in Halewood Christian Fellowship. But, you know, the thing I had, had ingrained in my life from my early days in Long Lane was the importance, the absolute key and central importance of the Word of God, of God's words, of the Bible, of prayer. All those things are so key, most important, actually. That helped build my faith. I learned a lot of scripture, had some great ministry of the Word. It was fantastic. The church we're in now, Long Lane, is quite different to what it was then. And it's actually been quite amazing to kind of go away for 22 years or and come back again. It feels like it's really exciting. We didn't have a pastor then. We had elders. We have a pastor now. Lovely guy called Nick Johnson. He's become my friend, really, but he's also my pastor. He's been there quite a number of years uh, while we weren't there. My wife got to know him first because it was my wife's mother, actually, Annette, used to go to that church all the way through. She's passed away a number of years ago, but she got to know Nick, obviously. Nick was great while Annette was unwell and going to visit her. Tracy got to know Nick, and then Tracy went along to the church and then said to me a number of years ago, why didn't you go along, Pete? And I said, oh, we've left a while ago. I don't know about this. And I went along for one evening. We were taking communion, and God put his hand on me that night. He put his hand on me and I remember we were going to go up to take bread and wine and I'd not even been in a church for a year or so because my daughter was unwell and we were visiting her in hospital and stuff like this and uh, we'd not been involved and then suddenly I was here and my friend, a guy called Steve, he put his arm around me and said, should we go? And at that point I just broke down and fell apart and I went and took my first communion in over a year and at that point I knew that God had kept his hand on me all this time and I think God he puts his hand on you and he's with you even when you don't feel you're with him. Even when things are challenging and difficult and you can't see and it seems black, God's still there. He's faithful and he never lets us go. And you trust that. Trust in God. Test him in it. Let him put his hand on your life. Because he seriously is. He's still there. And at that time I broke down and I knew that this was the beginning of this next steps in me journey. Since then, back in my new church, it's like my new church but my old church at the same time. Pete, if I can just go back a few years ago now, was it during then that you received a calling from God to serve him through worship as ministry? I went on a conference about leading worship and that was quite new stuff in the church in those days. You know, the whole what we call worship now, it wasn't like that then. And uh, I went on a conference that was being led by Graham Kendrick and up to that point I'd been listening to a lot of other Graham Kendrick stuff. It was like not the worship, it was his old stuff like Crest a Run and Triumph in the Air. And I used to love it.
And I thought, I thought, he was introducing me to all this worship and talking about being a worship right and listening for God's heart. And, and I remember singing, We Are Here to Praise You, for the very first time. And he'd only just written it. And I loved it. I fell in love with this song. And I just was so stirred up by this whole time. And I sensed God was saying to me, you know, this is what I want you to do. And I just went away with this sense of God speaking into my heart. I didn't go out to the front for prayer or anything like that. I just knew God was saying it to me. So I went back, I was involved in worship teams, and I started. And I just started to write. And I wrote a couple of songs in those days. As We Gather and The Grace, which ended up being sung by quite a lot of churches. And I use them now in worship sometimes. As we gather in this holy place And see Jesus on his throne
and uh, ended up going on a journey where I ended up recording and going out and ministering lots of different places and it was kind of the beginning and then we went through this phase so God started this work of me becoming a songwriter was honing me, developing me, challenging me <laughs> yeah, we had it all really but in those times, yeah, definitely and during that time, you also attended other well-known Liverpool churches, Frontline Church, and I think the Vineyard Fellowship in South Liverpool. During those times of being very much involved in leading worship and writing material, that sort of thing, can you think of some of the real highlights for you of those times where basically God was blessing your ministry as you served him in worship? You know, it's funny you ask about highlights, because sometimes we think of the highlights of the big things, and sometimes the highlights are actually in the small situations as well. But we've had some exciting ministry times where we've gone to different parts of the nation, to London and to Scotland. Uh, we've been over to Ireland. Uh, me and my band, we did a tour with Jesse Dixon, the late Jesse Dixon. Yeah, we went on a tour and we did some gigs in Ireland, and in uh, uh, we did some gigs in London and Birmingham, different places. And it was really exciting exciting and then I've been involved in some conferences conference work we did in Holland and on the back of that we had letters written back to us saying and God touch people's lives and you get these letters back it's very exciting and I remember times of real blessing in all of that and following those periods also went through some times of challenge as well some seasons of I don't know whether it's called wilderness or just challenge or seasons where I had to really press into God and listen to what he was saying. I had periods of times where I've laid things down completely. And sometimes, you know, God wants us to lay something down so that he can do work in us. And sometimes he wants to change who we are in what we're doing. But you have to be willing to sometimes let the things go that are most dear to your heart because they can never be more important than the God who you serve. You know, sometimes I think we can get into almost like a kind of celebrity mentality and we should never be there. I'm not saying I was in that place, but because the arts, artistic stuff, there's so much emotion attached to it. There's a fine line between that itself becoming more important than the God who it's about. And I think our God, our number one, has to always be Jesus. And we let that go and then God brings it back again and sometimes you can have periods of laying things down and picking things up you can have periods where you let things go because God's doing something new but you know I feel that the, the call of God over this has never ever left me you know it's had periods of inactivity which never left me and God has done so much work through times of pain as well through times of difficulty God's done work in my life where at the age of 52 now I'm more convinced about the power of God and the love of God and the things God can do in a person's life than I've ever been because of the journey I've been on. So my next thing I'm working on is called The Journey. I started out with this concept of The Journey being a collection of all my songs, like a, a, a collection of my journey. And then I started writing and realising actually part of my journey was this new recording of new songs, which is what it's turning into. So I don't know what I'm calling call me compilation in the future. It might be The Journey number two or something. <laughs> but uh, this is what this is going to be. And all I know is in the here and now, I'm excited about who the person of Jesus is today. In 2017, with the people around me, the people who love me, family, friends, got some fantastic friends, some great contacts with people involved in the worship ministries who have become friends as well, you know we talk to a lot, I'm enjoying writing again
You're listening to Flame Radio on 1521 Medium Wave and online. My name is John Cheek. We find ourselves in the Gladstones Cafe and Christian Bookshop in Slater Street in Liverpool. Our special guest is the musician and worship leader, Pete Caulfield. Pete, you alluded to there being challenging times after a degree of success in a worldly sense. I think you found yourself having to go back into physics and into teaching from being full-time in church work. Did that seem like a bit of a come-down? At first, I didn't want to. (laughs) But I suppose in it all, I've discovered, actually, we get too into compartmentalising these things and whether you're full-time or not. And actually, it's what your heart's like in whatever you're doing. And uh, you can be a person who's following Jesus and ministering for Jesus. You can be involved in a number of things. And I think God's brought me overall to a place of peace over the years in doing a number of things together. And I love my subject, physics. I really enjoy teaching it. I love helping people to get on in it themselves. It's another part of my life. But you know what? Being able to write a song of worship to Jesus that encourages other people to express their love for him, there's no greater honour, really. And when people sing your song or like your song and get back in touch with you, there's no comparison on what that makes you feel like as a person. But yeah, I mean, it's something I'm comfortable with. Who knows what the future holds? I don't know how it's all going to pan out. We take it a day at a time, a month at a time, a year at a time. But we trust God on every step of the journey. And we were as excited about who God is now as we were when we first met him. And Pete, you're now, I think, a full-time physics teacher at a secondary school. Therefore, you probably face a fairly standard question that probably goes along the lines of how can you be a Christian and yet teach one of the sciences? How can you be a Christian and be a physics teacher? Well, that question I have had so many times from both students and staff alike, it's unreal. (laughs) But... If anything, my love of science and physics and the understanding of science and looking for patterns in how things hold together, you know, the relationships between all the different forces, you know, the whole structure of the universe and the solar system and the planets and all the different things, and how finely tuned it all is and how well it's held together and how the balance of, of all the things holding it, of all the forces holding it together is slightly upset. It could all go wrong on us, and yet it doesn't and uh, how finely tuned it is. It just makes me feel more awe and wonder that this wasn't the result of some galactic accident that happened many years ago. There has to be. There has to be a creator God behind all this. The Bible talks about, yes, we've got all our discussions about whether it was literal seven days and all this kind of stuff. That doesn't matter to me. The thing that matters to me is I know in my heart of hearts that there was a creator God behind it all. He's set it into motion, and he has the final word over when it will begin and end. He is the Alpha and Omega. Science only has an effect of making me have greater awe and wonder of who the person of God is and his power, because he's beyond it all. Peter, can you think of any particular conversations where people have asked you that sort of question, and your response has obviously meant a great deal to them? How can you be a scientist and a Christian? Well, yeah, I can't think of a particular conversation, but generally that's the question. And I know sometimes when you're talking to people, you can see that little things are dropping into place in people's minds, and they're thinking, well, maybe, maybe there is a God. Maybe there is a God. Maybe it isn't just the result of this accident. 
I think actually you've got to have more faith to believe it's an accident <laughs> than faith to believe it's God behind it. Your faith might be misplaced, but it takes up a greater degree of faith to believe in the accident than it does to believe in God. Yes, I think Richard Dawkins talks about the odds of probability, doesn't he? And you probably know more about this than I do, Peter, but the odds of probability, and I think even Richard Dawkins would probably admit that the odds of us existing exactly like we do now, as a planet, as a human race, are millions upon millions to one. You know, and if the Earth was five miles to the left or the right, or five miles up or five miles down in the solar system, we probably wouldn't even exist exist at all and yet pete here we are it says in colossians that he is before all things and in him all things hold together and uh you know that verse i've got that up in my office on the wall on a picture that my wife did for me for my 50th birthday and uh it's a kind of a scenic picture it was actually taken down otterspool prom of the river mersey but the way she's taking it looked fantastic there's some red sky and it looks fabulous She's a photographer, my wife, she's really good. But she made me this big picture and it says on it, my, one of my favourite verses, where it says, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That sums up, really, my feelings about all this. It's not about chance or probability. Chance and probability is great when we're working with, within a human framework, but we're not working in a human framework here. We're working in a God framework, and that's outside of time and space. You're listening to Flame Radio on 1521 Medium Wave and online. My name is John Sheik and with us today is our guest, Pete Caulfield. Can I ask you another question, therefore? Do you ever get anybody who says to you, how can you be a scientist and yet an artist, a musician at the same time? Surely you've got to have either a logical mind or a creative mind. You can't have both, or can you? Yes, my love of music stems back to my childhood, really. My, my dad's grandma, really. She used to play the piano when we were only little. And I just got into listening to music, into a lot of the 70s and 80s stuff. Yes, I am a big status quo fan, I have to admit. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm in God's army now, yes. I've always loved lots of different genres of music, uh, rock music. I mean, I have a l- real passion for classical music as well. I love classical. And then I got, obviously got into the whole praise and worship all different styles there I like some of the new stuff around now and I've always been a music lover so that for me has been a big big part of my life big part of my life it's part of my expression of who I am so yes my creativity channels into that if you asked me to go and do a, a piece of artwork with a painting you would see how bad I am at that type of art but uh I love expressing myself. I think when you write songs, you're painting a picture through words and music. It's a picture, yeah. Yes, Peter, I would agree with that. I think sometimes the best music paints mental pictures for us. And also, as well, it can take us right back to a time in our past. Or maybe to a mood, you know, a mental mood, an emotional mood. And certain types of music can take us straight back to that. And indeed, I did a university dissertation once where I argued that the human ear for music stems right back to our mother's womb. Her body is the soundtrack to our earliest existence that we pick up on the rhythms of her heart. And, you know, the, the blood pumping around the body. And that's where we first start to pick up 
an ear for music. How's that for a bit of armchair psychology? But she mentioned classical stuff. Anything in particular, Pete, that to you feels perhaps not just very creative, but also spiritual? But I used to love listening to The Planet by Holst. Oh, yeah. And to me, that depicted a lot of power. That you, I don't know whether it was meant to do that, but it, for me personally, it took me to the, the whole business of our solar system and stuff like that, and the whole creative power behind that. Yeah. And of course, I think it hosts the planets, of course, ties in with the themes of the Greek gods. And I think, is it Mars, the god of war, which stands out for me? Anybody else? Some of the stuff by Tchaikovsky I've enjoyed listening to. Some of Tchaikovsky's symphonies. I, I'm not someone that, that's so aware of them all. I know the names of them all, particularly. I just know that when certain things are put on, I enjoy listening to them. And I'll sometimes just stick something in my recorder and have a listen to it while I'm in the car. Like, I might know names of bands and people in rock music. I know a lot of names of them, but uh, it's more of a kind of a feel, you know. So I'm not like classical expert by any means, but I do appreciate the styles and the and the moods and the and the things that come across from it. Yeah. And from classical onto black gospel, if I may, as as a worship leader, as a worship songwriter, do you appreciate the sense of abandon that I often find comes across in black gospel music? Oh yes, I do, yeah. Well, there's lots of different influences in your life, and when I first came in contact with the Love and Joy Gospel Choir, who I love very dearly, and people involved in this some of them are still my friends now and we've crossed paths on quite a number of occasions over the years so i just love the stuff they do for example we did some stuff with jesse dixon a while ago and i just loved it it was amazing the stuff he would do and the way he'd get people involved with the songs from the it was a real powerful ministry really really enjoyed that
So yeah, I mean obviously it's not been a, one of the main genres I've been into but something I've always had a deep respect and appreciation of. Pete, as somebody who's had a lot to do with the whole spectrum of worship for quite some time, looking forward to now what do you hope to achieve bearing in mind your original calling, what do you hope to achieve with your music going into the future? It may change in, as I go forward in what I'm wanting to say but through this next phase and what I'm doing I'm wanting to encourage people people everywhere that actually is a journey they can go on. The title of my whole work I'm putting together is called The Journey. I want to remind people of the journey we're on and it doesn't matter what stage in it we're at. It doesn't matter where we are, whether it's great, whether it's challenging. What I want to declare is that God is a faithful God. He's trustworthy. You can trust him. He will walk with you every step of the way. And we have a great cloud of witnesses who cheer us on whatever further and deeper into the heart of God. So be encouraged. Keep going on your journey. One of the songs I've put on this new album is a song called We Shall Be Strong. And it's a declaration, really. We shall be strong, even at times when it's challenging, because he that is in us is greater than he that is in this world. And sometimes you've got to hold on to those thoughts. Sometimes they're the truths you have to just hold on to for dear life and say, He that is in us is greater than he that is in this world. We shall be strong in the strength of our God. You know, the emphasis as we go forward. If one thing I've learned to do... See, I'm not stressing now about when I need to have this album finished by, although I think it will be finished this year. I've been in the process of recording this for a couple of years. But I'm not stressing about it. It'll be ready when it's ready. 
and when it's ready, that'll be the time to release it and send it on its journey. Sometimes these albums take a journey of their own and they end up in places you'd had no idea they'll end up. But it's part of a ministry, part of something God's called you to do, and you just be obedient to that. But I want to say to everyone, there's a journey for each one of us to be had. Your journey might be different to mine, but the God of the journey is the same for us all. leads me to perhaps maybe my final question and I think in a roundabout way you may have answered it already Pete but this God you're talking about the God of the journey and this is a question which I ask all my interviewees at the end of interviews this God what's he like it's hard to actually answer the question what is God like because he's like so many things but he is a God who loves us he's a God who seeks after us He's a God who's powerful in our lives if we let him be. He's a God who's generous to us. He's definitely a God who's faithful to us. He's a God who wants to be intimate with us as well. And I think intimacy is something we lose sometimes in our walk with God. But God is so longing to have heart-to-heart relationship with each of us. He is that interested in each of us as individuals. Not just the church, who's his bride. But he's interested in us as people. He's amazing. He can be a God who's all-powerful and all-knowing, omnipotent, in control of everything, and yet he's interested in your life here because he's the God that's beyond time and space. Yet he's a God whose heart is full of love, full of grace, full of mercy, wants to forgive us for the things we get wrong, full of grace, and he wants to bless us with things we don't deserve. A God who wants to give us giftings, God who wants to meet our needs in every way, a God who wants to encourage us, A God who wants to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. He is a God who is on your side, if we'll only let him be. Yeah. So to me, God is all those things and more. Too many to mention in this short time. But uh, God who gives us strength as well. So if you're feeling right now that you're going through a time of real weakness and struggling, just let God touch you with his strength now. Let him reach out to you and, and impart that strength into your life. Just say to him, Lord, I need your strength. I need you to lift me up. He lets us ride on wings as eagles. One of the songs on a new album talks about riding on wings as eagles. Another song talks about the crown of thorns. And uh, another one is about coming into his presence. And uh, how being in his presence is such a joyous place to be. There's so much in there. I'm really excited, actually. I'm really excited at the time I can start sharing these new songs with you all again. It's going to be great. And I've been grateful for the opportunity to come and talk to you on Flame. It's been brilliant. So thank you very much, John. You're listening to Flame Radio on 1521 Medium Wave and online. Our special guest today has been the musician, the worship leader, the songwriter, Pete Caulfield. 
Pete, thank you very much indeed. My pleasure, John. It's been great to be with you, and thanks for the treat. <laughs> your grace, your mercy, and your love met me in this season of sadness and pain. Your healing stream from heaven above washing through my soul again your heart was breaking over me and now it beats to bring me life reaching out your hand to touch my soul and bring freedom through the death of Christ When I think of your amazing blessings And the gifts you've given I live 
Close the chat room door, but please tune in next time to Flame CCR on 1521 Medium Wave for more from Green Door Studios chat room. Green Door! We hope you enjoyed this program, which is under the copyright of Rural Christian Media Limited. Details of the Flame CCR broadcasts and webcasts are on our website, www.flameradio.org. Thank you for listening. Flame.